0: This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia.
1: Hello and welcome to our second episode of the Biz Links podcast. My name is Adam Bell and I am your host and again with me today I have the mastermind behind the Business and Jobs Expo Dennis Hall. Welcome Dennis. Thanks Adam. But I'm also excited to introduce our special guest today, Brett O'Connor from in the Inception Network. <laughs> now, welcome Brett. Thank you. Welcome Good to the studio. <laughs> Brett, before we get things started, well as we do, perhaps you could give the audience a snapshot of, you know, what Inception's vision and and how it's making waves in the business landscape.
0: Well, we um, started in the Inception Network to create businesses and actually start businesses. So, it's how do people learn how to start a business? Well, you do it. Um, <laughs> you, and this you is. You get out
1: there and you just get it done.
0: That's it. You know, it's, it's starting a business isn't hard, running a business is hard. And this is where, who do we hand them over to? This is what Dennis and I have been working together this year on the expo. Um, you know, once they get it up and running, they need support, they need help. And the expo gets everyone under the one roof that they need to get help from, um, as well as a lot of other business networks. So it's, it's kind of like an informal network, um, but it's basically about inception. When does business inception start? Well, if you have an idea, we can bring that into reality. And that's what we do with the network.
1: Fantastic. Excellent. Well, look, I was at the uh, the Gold Coast Expo, and it was fantastic. And look, before I even have my first question for, for Dennis, it's it's time to blow your own trumpet, Dennis. You've, you've just won an award. Tell me what that is.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I only won it Monday night. We only won it Monday night, so I'm still sort of on cloud nine. But uh, it was a part of the BX Business Excellence Awards, uh, which is run in conjunction with uh, David Koshy's uh, Business Builders Network. Mm-hmm. And it's a national and international um, small business awards um, uh, process where there's a number of categories uh, that people nominate for. And uh, this year, for the first time, um, the awards have been opened up to the general business community, as well as the international business community. Uh, We entered uh, because uh, we're a part of the BX network ourselves. Um, But we honestly never expected to really get very far. Um, There was something like 1,500 entries. Uh, So when we were advised that we were a finalist, uh, that was good enough for me. I thought, wow, 1,500 entries, we're a finalist. That's a real feather in our cap. So uh, there I was at the dinner because we were supporting the BX conference with their trade show, helping them set that up and all that sort of thing. I was at the um, the awards dinner at the at the Star uh, Ballroom uh, in, uh, in the Gold Coast and uh, I was there with my daughter and our category came up. We were we were the finalist, uh, one of eight finalists in the uh, event and event planning category. And, um, uh, my daughter Jasmine said to me, oh, it's our category that's being in. I said, don't worry about it. You know, let's, you know, we'll just keep chatting and, and then she went, your name's just been called out. Fantastic. So yeah, we've got, uh, we, we won our category uh, in, in, a, a very prestigious, uh, Australian business awards, uh, event, uh, that, uh, acknowledges that the, the job that we do and it, it's, it's humbling in a way. To, uh, to get an award like that, and especially in our first year of managing the business and owning the Business and Jobs Expo. So, yeah, obviously it's not just us that thinks we do a good well, job. There's can, other
1: people out there that think the same. <laughs> congratulations, mate. Well deserved. Thank well, you. look, you've got three successful ed- expos under your belt now uh, this year. Can you pinpoint – let's get back to the micro-businesses. Can you pinpoint hurdles micro and, and local businesses might face in the near future, especially concerning growth and profitability?
2: Yeah, look, definitely, look, we, you know, we've got uh, a tough economy at the moment, and that's not likely to change in the next year. Um, so the the big issue for micro and small business is uh, lack of as- access to capital. But next to that, the biggest issue or the biggest hurdle to growth um, is access to staff. Mm. Um, you know, a micro and, and small businesses, and, and, and Brett can back me up on this, uh, um, the majority of them don 't employ people um, if they have got people working in the business they 're probably family members mm. um, and dealing with a family member is very different to dealing with a stranger uh, an employee a staff member uh, and and that's that 's a huge challenge yeah it, it's it 's a whole uh, arena of issues that most micro and small businesses struggle with um, and Unless they can get access to people, they're not going to be able to grow their business because if you talk to a micro and small business person, um, the ones that are running successfully um, are struggling because they can't grow Yeah. um, because they're already at their limit.
1: Well, actually, Brett, our sort of pre-show chat, didn't it, sort of, you you gave me some pretty eye-opening stats sort of around micros and, um, you know, their challenges in, in the employment sector. Sector, Could you share some of those with our, our listeners and sort of your revelations around them?
0: Well, a lot of people start a business and they don't think it's a real business because they don't employ staff. But the government figures are that 60% of all businesses in Australia are what they call non-employing, sole traders, partnerships, that sort of thing. Um, Another 28% of businesses employ four or less staff, and that's what's categorised as a micro-business. It's got nothing to do with sales or anything else. Um, But the difference in turnover from a sole trader to a micro-business is basically if you employ two staff on average, it doubles the sales of the business. So if people are struggling to find staff to grow... Um, that's, it's effectively, if we can come up with a solution that we've been speaking with Dennis about of in teaching people how to employ and retain staff, And it's not just about money. These days, it's about more than that sort of thing. We can basically double their sales. So that's where we see it's most important. Businesses say, yes, that it is the biggest barrier to growth. Uh, 60% of all businesses say the ability to attract and retain staff is their biggest barrier to growth, but they don't realise how much they can grow once they get over that hurdle. Um, And there's a lot of fear attached with employing staff too we need to get over as well. Sure, because
1: I guess a lot of micro-businesses would have those unique challenges, you know, going to hire people outside the family circle that Mm -hmm. that you talked about, uh, Dennis. So how is your skills development program tailored to fit those, I guess, nuanced needs?
0: Well, it just comes down to a lot of redefining what skills are. And it's as simple as are you looking for a people person, an action taker or a thinker? And that's related to the three reasons why business fail, which is poor cash flow, poor strategy or poor products. Mm -hmm. And if you can overcome that sort of thing, but the trick is that you don't employ someone that's like you because then it becomes a competition for work and no one can do it as good as I am. And that's how you lose a lot of staff. Um, But if you employ someone that's the opposite to you, so if you're a thinker, you need to employ an action taker because they just get in there and do the job and they don't want to have to think they want to come in and just do it. And then you get a break and you get someone to create the action. But then you still need someone to come in and, I guess, sort out the arguments between the two. And they're the people with the people skills, which basically um, uh, sort out the capabilities. What are you capable of and what are you capable of business? And this is something that Dennis and I have done from our vocational education and training and learning and development background. We've had a lot of experience dealing with HR people who are, you know, used to attracting and employing staff. And I guess I've been a bit lucky that I was taught that early on in my business uh, 30 years ago when I first bought a cafe when I was 21. So, you yeah, know, that's, yep. that's sort of like we're trying to give that back to the local small business community. Um, but it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges that exist today that didn't exist back then. Um, and that's what we're looking to address yeah. with the expo is mm-hmm. putting people into a room and just getting to talk and put the humanity back into business, I think is the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, look, it makes sense. Dennis, yeah. er, there's there's a lot of urban myths around um, employment that, that it muddies the waters for, you know, a lot of people. Can you debunk some of these misconceptions that are out there and, and what, what are they and, and how are they holding back micro businesses?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think there's a lot of... Um, horror stories out there that over time get exaggerated and (laughs) it causes people to think, well, I'm not going to hire staff because it's nothing but trouble. Um, And and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, but, But let me qualify that by saying if you hire the wrong staff, it's nothing but trouble. So you want to make sure that if you're going to have people come in and work in your business, that you're getting the right people in. And as Brett says, you've got to, you know, it's horses for horses. Not everybody is capable of doing certain things. So you've got to identify what people are capable of. Yeah. But but more importantly, you've got to identify what your real needs are. So one urban myth, for example, is that when you hire a full-time staff member, it's impossible to sack them. There's so many rules and regulations around that. Um, and, and certainly there are conditions around uh, what circumstances you can terminate employment under and what the processes are around that. But to suggest that... Uh, you're stuck with somebody forever. Um, is, it just isn't true. Uh, but you do need to make sure that you've got the right people processes in place mm-hmm. so that people are given every opportunity to succeed uh, before you take that final step of saying, see you later. And, um, Another misconception is that staff cost you money. Well, I mean, as Brad has just pointed out, you put two staff on, you're going to double your turnover. Mm. Um, Stats they don't, prove it. They don't. Co- they don't cost you money. <laughs> well, that's
0: and that's the ATO figures. So yep. forget about all the stuff about cash businesses and everything else. Um, that's the official ATO figures and from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Um, so if you're looking at um, how you're going to grow your business, the the best and the most less risk way to do it is to actually look at putting on two staff. And that's that's how you can double your turnover as far as the, um, all of the statistics and everything else go. So forget about what business consultants and everything else tell you and all the dream and they sell you. Uh, that's the hard, cold facts of it. If you're looking at growing your business, you've got to look at getting yeah. in help. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not they say, oh, look, I don't employ staff. If you're employing a VA or a contractor or something, you're still employing staff. And it's still the same principles apply. Um, but if you do employ actual staff, you can. it opens up a whole lot of government funding that's available that people just don't know exists because they've got a fear of employing staff.
1: Fantastic. And Tell us a bit more about these government um, incentives that do exist that, that- people probably don't know know anything about?
0: Well, there's a a large untapped market of um, talent out there and there's only um, 66.7% of the population in the workforce. But looking at after COVID, we had 200,000 people in Australia come out of retirement back to flexible working arrangements. Well, Dennis wrote the book on that. Um, So it's it's just something that uh, that's what they can do. Now, they say that there's no... Startup fund, um, no funding for starting up businesses. You've got Workforce Australia's got a self employment assistance funding program, which if you've got a business idea, all you have to do is write a business plan, and they teach you how to do that. You can be on Job Seeker, and instead of getting Job Seeker, they pay you the Job Seeker allowance for 39 weeks to start a business instead of looking for a job. Now that's about fifteen thousand dollars over the the 39 weeks. Mm. If you go and you employ a, um, someone from Workforce Australia that um, a registered job seeker, they've been unemployed for a year um, and they're over twenty five or you can get a ten grand wage subsidy which goes into your pocket, gets paid to the employer. Um, if they're under twenty five and they've been unemployed for uh, just eight weeks. You can put them on and you can get the same 10 grand subsidy uh, paid in, I think, two or three instalments over six months. Um, Back to work funding, Queensland's government, you can get, um, putting on a part-time staff member, you can get $11,000 paid in four instalments over um, three, uh, sorry, one year, first payment after four weeks. So you get money coming in from the government four weeks, uh, 26 weeks, 52 weeks. Um, Now, if you you can do that with four staff, so there's $40,000 profit that you could be making just by putting on the staff. So when we say that you double the sales, we're not just talking about doubling the sales. The government can actually help you to get um, cash back in your pocket by doing what you should really be doing anyway. Mm. So that's what we want to teach them how to do that, because we understand that a lot of people do have valid fears But at the end of the day, um, until you get someone holding their hand and taking them through the process, um, they're not going to get over the fear. But then when they do it the first time, you've still got to come have someone to come back to. And that's what we do with the expo firm. We've got a lot of people at the expos that they're friends of mine and they go, yeah, you know, is there anyone I can help introduce them to me? Um, But the logistics of doing that, Uh, is hard to do outside of the local business networking groups. And I would say out of the stallholders this year, um, if there was 150 stallholders, there's 75 of them that Dennis and I would know from outside of the expo. And all of them were willing to give back to the local business community and help them and coach them. So,
1: yeah. Dennis, we all know that post-COVID, that 6, 12, maybe even a bit longer months after that, the... Market for trying to get staff was incredibly difficult to say the least. We all heard the stories of you know I'm I've put an ad in I don't get any um, any applications. Mm. Has that landscape now changed?
2: It, it is changing. Uh, look, it it is still a very tight employment economy. Right, there there, there are more jobs than there are people. Um, that equation is 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 starting to change. Um, uh, thanks to a number of government initiatives, but, but the biggest impact over the last eight months has been our immigration uh, policy, uh, which has, to date, um, resulted in a half a million people coming into Australia. And that's starting to have an impact on the employment arena. Having said that, a lot of the businesses that we talk to that say, I can't get staff, they can't get staff because they're not talking the right language. You know, they, they think that attracting staff is about putting an ad on SEEK and getting loads and loads of inquiries. It doesn't work that way anymore. Unless you're really clear as an employer what you want the person to do, they can read that in your ad, right? They they know that you don't really know what you're looking for, and they won't bother. Mm. Because the other thing that has changed significantly in the last decade is that uh, people entering the workforce, um, whilst they might not be uh, savvy in terms of life experience, are certainly savvy in what to look for, uh, in a potential employer, and it's one of the things that we need to get across to a micro business and, and local businesses is we've got to think more in terms of how can we support and nurture the people that we want to attract so that they're achieving th- their life goals and we're achieving ours. Mm. It's a much more collaborative en- environment now, uh, and, and there's a lot of potential employers there that still are in that paradigm of I'm the boss and I say what goes on. Well, yeah, you are the boss, and you do have direct impact on what goes on. But if you just say it's my way or the highway, people aren't going to sign on for that. Um, So it is about being very clear about what is the job that we're trying to get uh, fulfilled here, and and how can we attract the sort of person that is going to suit our business, but also the sort of person that we can help in terms of helping them to grow and and pursue their life objectives. So it becomes more of a partnership than it does a boss versus staff. Um, And it's one of the things that we really want to educate the micro business owner and local business owner on. It's not about threatening their authority because they are putting a lot at risk in, in having their business. That needs to be respected. But so do, too do the values and aspirations of, of the people that they're seeking to attract, and that's what I mean by a partnership. Um, yes, you're the boss, but you're not going to keep people for very long if you treat them like they're a, they're, they're they're a um, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a slave. Um, you know, it's not a case of I'll tell you to jump and you ask me how high. Um, those days are long gone. Fantastic. What? Uh what would be your last bit of advice to, to a
1: small business owner who's listening to this now, who's been a bit hesitant to, you know, they're at the right size, they, they believe they could take on a staff member, but are hesitant for, you know, all the reasons we, we've touched on today.
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: would be your message to them?
2: Look, I think the journey is pretty straightforward. The first thing to do is to become informed on how the marketplace has changed and what people's expectations are. And this is one of the reasons that uh, we've partnered with Inception to create the course that that delivers that information to them. Uh, The second thing is to be very, very clear about what is it you're trying to achieve with bringing on uh, people um, and and what role do you see them fulfilling. And then the third um, uh, step is to do a little bit of suck it and see. So rather than employing somebody in the traditional sense, we're recommending, depending on the job and the tasks associated, uh, we're recommending that you hire a remote or VA, um, somebody that you can you, you can um, delegate uh, straightforward tasks to um, that don't require a physical presence, and there's a lot of those, so that the employer can concentrate on uh, the things that they need to really concentrate on. Mm. Um, and it gives them a taste of being responsible somebody and how to get the best out of that person without having to make the longer term commitment of bringing somebody on physically. So it it becomes a stage process. So, you know, people say, how do you eat eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time. So, you know, don't worry about the big picture stuff. Um, Talk to us. We can have a conversation around what that environment looks like. And we can give you a step by step, just one bite at a time process that will allow you to enter and be successful in this employment market.
1: Perfect. So we've got listeners now, Brett, who's heard, who've heard that, and they, they want to step up. They want to get involved. How do they get involved to in this program with you to, you know, start reshaping their, their business journey when it comes to employing staff?
0: Well, I would say keep in contact on social media, um, like the um, Business and Jobs Expo page. If I put something up on the Inception uh, website, tips or something like that, um, or if I've got an event coming up that they can come along to, quite often I tag the Business and Jobs Expo, so that would be a good way for them to do it. Um, Keep in contact with uh, with Dennis personally on LinkedIn. LinkedIn I find is great for that, but also to Facebook. Um, Get to know a lot of the uh, people that we deal with are in. Facebook groups, and that you know, there might be Facebook strategists, but they use it to build relationships, not to sell to people. Yep. Um, and that's a good way: get out there and do some networking events. Doesn't matter what, what it is. BX is good, um, and this is what Dennis and I was speaking about. I was, I joined BX, and, and you know, Dennis introduced me to it. Um, but it just whether I'm in BX or not, a lot of the people that were actively involved in the networking events with BX, um, they were people that I already knew from, from when I was building my own network. Um, and this is where, you know, even networks don't compete with each other these days. People that are members of one network are likely to expand then their own personal network to different groups and things like that. And just get yourself out there. You know, you've got a great opportunity now. We've seen what happens when everyone's got to be in lockdown. Get out there, meet people, and just start having conversations is I think the best way to get get involved and take the first step.
2: Fantastic. Guys, any last words at all there, Dennis? Look, I, I think um, let, let's keep it nice and, and, and simple. Um, if you want to reach out, if you want more information, smallbusinessexpos.com.au. Perfect. And um, we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation and uh, see where that takes us.
1: Get in touch if you're listening. These uh, Dennis and, and Brett, thanks so much for, for joining me today. A fantastic chat, really enlightening on uh, a subject that um, I think a lot of business owners would have at the, the forefront of their mind. We've been through COVID, we've been through the tough times. Things are starting to, to look as though they're on the improve um, across the board. Probably at that point where you're, you're, you're ready to grow again, but do I, don't I employ staff? Thanks so much, guys. A really enlightening conversation, and uh, look forward to our uh, our next episode. Great,
0: thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam.